Welcome back to Behind Our Door Mini Conversation. Hi, Julie. Hello. Welcome back to our mini mini. Um, so thinking of topics, you know, we always have like to have uh conversations about little things we're thinking about and experiencing. And I've spoken about it a little bit before that I have both of my parents age 92 and 96. And um you know, feel very fortunate about that, but also see, you know, the aging process for what, all, all that comes with it. And my parents happen to live in a place, a senior living community, that's one of these wonderful communities of activities and all these things for those that are high functioning, and then also step down to memory care and all of the other units of help. So, you know, I'm there a lot. It's been a few years that they've been at this place and I get a kick out of it because it's very social. My mother has always, was as a kid, always a camper, went to camp every summer, loved the activities. And I feel like she's back in camp. I mean, she does all the activities. My father (laughs) does not do that, but my mother really does. So, but anyway, I, I feel like because I've been there so much, I'm in tune with, um, and always wondering how do people you know, in this stage, how do you, how do you get through some of this tough, the anxiety of illness and what's to come and um, the whole conversation, the whole psyche of getting older. And also for those that take care of them, Um, my parents are cared for in this place, but still my sisters and I are right there and um, helping in whatever way we can and have our own thought process as children of aging parents do. And um, I think I think yeah, it's I think it's a big switch, right? Because you grow up with your parents being your parents and mm-hmm. your caregivers and taking care of you and um providing hopefully providing everything you need. Um and then all of a sudden there's this big switch mm-hmm. and you are now the parent of your parents and taking care of them. Yeah. And that becomes a, a big responsibility. My dad is is very independent. And he is how old is your father again? 85. He's Mm -hmm. 85. And knock on wood, he is still living alone. Um, I will say, and he knows it's not a secret. I have cameras in the house because I'm not there every day. So Mm -hmm. I just like to know that he's okay and nothing has happened. Mm -hmm. Um, so really I use the cameras for that. And um, but I think it's it's a hard switch, and it's a hard switch for them to give up their independence and be so oh, sure on other people. little by little. Yes, um, and and you think of how difficult it is for them, um, just on a daily basis, thinking about what they don't do anymore and things like that. Um, which brings me to uh, recently, I was in a bookstore looking for a good mystery just for travel sake. I think mm-hmm. I'll get a new book, kind of thing. And I bought, just by looking at the cover briefly, uh, a mystery by an author named Richard Osman, who is British and has written, he's actually a, as they say, TV presenter. He's a comedian. He produces shows. Um, I never had heard of him before, but he's a big name in, in the UK. At any rate, he wrote this, this I, re- I read this book and I was completely taken, and this is why. He wrote a four-part series called uh, the Thursday Murder Club Mystery Series, and 
he is really funny. I mean, this, he is such a wonderful writer. Laugh out loud at certain points. But overall, the premise of this is that it's a um, it takes place in a place like where my parents live in a senior living community outside of London. And that there are four main characters that live there that are one's a former spy, a woman that was a spy. Someone else was a nurse, a big union leader. And the fourth one, um, uh, what did he do? I can't remember. But they solve these mysteries. They find old murder mysteries and solve them. So it sounds kind of elementary of a whodunit sort of thing. But I was going to say uh, that. But underlying the whole thing is brilliant because he writes with humor, but also uh, such real feeling about people that are living in these senior living communities and their thoughts and their way of dealing with life at the age of, you know, mid eighties on, or, or not even maybe seventies, whatever they consider mm -hmm. old, um, and how they deal with living with a spouse that has uh, a little memory problem that turns into Alzheimer's and, and it's not like he's making a joke out of everything because he certainly is not, but he's making, he makes, he makes such light of these situations in a good way, in a positive, a positive spin on, you know, you got so much time on earth, you may as well just live as long as you're here. Um, a great psychology of, uh, I guess, appreciating life for what it is, but all with this senior tone involved and i find it as a as a uh daughter dealing with this it's mm -hmm. literally therapeutic to, for me to be reading these books oh, well, and good. i was telling my mother about it because i was visiting there reading one of these saying i think you know they have a library in this place said so you got to get this four-part series because i think it would be so helpful to people that are living in these communities to read these books they are seriously ser therapeutic for geriatric living i i can't say it enough i'm i'm amazed at this the writing of this guy i think that it it's life-changing to read how he puts it getting old yeah i get and, um, I'll, have to, I'll definitely have to look into them and i'm not a big book reader i read a lot of stuff online but well that's another that's another thing this is the first time i have ever purchased audiobooks uh -huh. um, it was because I was traveling a lot and thought, yeah. oh, it'd be nice just to put headphones on and a long plane ride and and not have to look at a screen. And it's so, it's, I love the books, but it's so addicting that there are times I look at my phone like at 10 in the morning, like don't start because uh, that's the end of the day. I mean, I could right, spend just hours, hours listening. So I yeah. look at it like, don't, don't even, you know, tempt me to turn that book on because it's like listening to a play. It's really yeah. fun. I mean, Julie, with all your driving back and forth, like you do, it passes the time. I listen to a lot so of podcasts. Quickly. I'm a I'm a podcast listener. Yeah, to to all kinds, some true crime, some you know politics, some money. Yeah, models. that makes time fly too. Yes. But, but uh, speaking of like the geriatric population, now that you brought that up, it just reminded me. My husband and I were watching a Netflix series, and I do not remember the name of it. Um, but it basically was about why are people in other countries living longer than people in our countries? And they called the guy called them the blue zones. Yeah, I've heard of this. Okay, I, I may have seen that actually. Okay, and the idea behind it is 
you know, there were these people in their 80s and 90s who were still riding horses and preparing meals and doing hard labor. And I I think the takeaway was that in America, we are very spoiled. And, you know, we go to the grocery store. We're not out there actively farming and hunting, at least not most of us. <laughs> I'm sure there are a lot of people out there doing that. But for the majority, we're going to the grocery store. Um, we drive everywhere. So we're not walking to get places. So the idea was that these people are growing their own food and farming their own food and corralling their cattle. And it keeps them very active and keeps their heart pumping and it keeps their body moving. And and if you think about it in other countries, um, they're doing a lot of walking. They're not driving. And a lot of their walking is uphill or, you know, those crazy cobblestone old streets. And, um, and the last takeaway was about socializations. They're very connected to community because often these elder populations live with an entire family and that keeps them young and alive. And, oh, the other thing I want to say is their food is more natural. Obviously we are so dependent. That's that's for sure. Mm -hmm. We're so dependent upon fast food now that it's really taking over our body. So it was quite interesting to see that they did this study. And over time, um, in some of these areas, they've had things pop up like McDonald's, Pizza Hut. And now they're seeing that the age is declining. It was quite, mm. it was quite yeah. fascinating to watch. But, but usually what there's also, about, usually there's also a statement of vodka that they drink uh, <laughs> vodka every day. And that's a big, <laughs> that's a big scientific aspect. They didn't talk, you know, it's funny. They didn't talk <laughs> about drinking really. And, um, Usually it's vodka that keeps them going. Maybe it is. So listen, my mother drank vodka up until the day she died. And she wasn't an alcoholic, but she definitely liked to have a Cosmo now and then. So maybe there's something to it. I don't know. Anyway, but uh, (laughs) his thoughts, thoughts about geriatric, geriatric living. I think there's a lot to say about it. Sooner um, than later. Well, I just think it's really interesting when you say, when you said at the beginning of this conversation, you know, that turning point, which is rather, which is gradual of unless there's something catastrophic or sudden that happens um, or just a sudden change that is that big, that it's a gradual turn of events that uh, that chill adult children become uh, the caregiver and life starts to sort of turn around and there's a reward to that too. It's a feel good to be caring for of parents course. that cared for you of all course. those years. And uh, the life cycle of that is, um, is a gift so often too, most of the time. It is. And much yeah. of the time. And as difficult as it is though. I know um, I happen to have um, in my life, a lot of friends that have older parents, um, someone I know that has a, you know, mother 103. Wow. Someone, I mean, really age is really changing. It's the Mm -hmm. new, um, 90. Does she drink vodka? (laughs) I have to ask, but, um, but these are, you know, blessings in some ways, but it's really hard on these kids, uh, you know, kids that are 70, let's say, (laughs) um, putting it in true perspective. And so, a lot of times it's just hard to deal with and think about if you're, you know, you don't want to, you feel guilty being saying one negative thing or thinking it, but it's hard on 
it's hard on that person as well, those uh, caregivers that are children. And um, I just feel like something for those, I suggest look up Richard Osman. That's my advertisement today. I mean, <laughs> it, things like that really, really make a huge difference. Um, it's worth a try. Yeah. But, uh, that are like we always suggest groups, support groups that are in these some of these senior living places for the caregivers. Uh, that goes a long way too. It does. Well, I guess I'll have some reading to do over the weekend. So, <laughs> or listening, or listening audio books. Yeah. A lot of fun. I will. All right. I guess until next time. Until See next later, time. Nancy. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. Don't forget. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We welcome your input. To contact us or any of our guests, please email us at behindourdoor@mail.com. That's behindourdoor@mail.com. And please don't forget to like and share our podcast. Um, leave us a rating. Tell us how we're doing. We really want your feedback. It's important to us. We are so thankful that you are here and listening to us. If you or someone you know is in crisis struggling with mental illness, you can call the National Suicide Hotline at 1-800-273-8255 or the NAMI Helpline at 1-800-950-6264. Until next time, please join us for another conversation behind our door. Thanks for listening.